You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. basically was like a UFO, a flying saucer of some sort. And the description was that it was a metal disc with no doors, no windows, no seam lines. You could see the physical crash marks on it from where it hit the ground. G presumed that this was some kind of king or queen or prince and princess that was an ancient race, possibly. So why in the world would a high-level film prop be in a vault to trick people? Large, about 10-foot long glass coffins that were sitting in the middle the floor. As they approached, they were told that these things were ancient beings. There are military-grade armed guards with weapons, and they probably have a lot more weapons than you realize from the outside. So again, I have to ask why. What are you protecting? What's in there that you don't want the public to see? Hello and welcome to another episode of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my twin brother, Jaron Daniels. Hey, 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 hey. And my cousin, Sean Lawrence. There's not enough people here. (laughs) Okay, now that we've composed ourselves, what we wanted to talk about today, this is going to be the part two to our last episode. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, I'd suggest to go back and listen to that first. This is the part two where we're going to go ahead and dive in a little bit more on some personal accounts that we've heard that kind of tie into the previous episode as far as the website that we discussed there. All of these happen in Utah. Yeah, all this is Utah. So anybody who might be local in Utah, you might get a kick out of this. If you're from somewhere else, there's definitely a lot of good dirt here to dive into. But yeah, so this account came 
came from a person that we are familiar with with we're just going to call him G and G supposedly went into the granite vaults that we talked about so basically in Utah here we have these granite vaults that are actually LDS owned that are basically carved they're vaults that are carved deep within the granite mountains of the Little Cottonwood Canyon okay so G was actually involved in a polygamist group that was actually so for those that are not familiar the polygamists are the FLDS which is the fundamentalist LDS um, so it's like the original teachings of the LDS and they kind of broke off after when Joseph Smith came in so you have to do your own research to find all that out but basically G was involved with a polygamist group and had several wives and they were able to be granted access to the granite vaults at one point in time what they saw in there was pretty fantastic can you imagine this is like a massive opportunity nobody gets access to the granite vaults unless you're one of those high-end bishops that's over a stake that has tons of followers or something they're maybe able to access it it's very very rare I bet yeah and just this account I when I first heard this account you guys way back when and I was just jaw dropped at the amount of detail like if you're just making stories up normally you can tell when people are making things up right when they kind of stumble over the words and you can tell they're kind of grasping at straws but in this account I was like almost horrified the amount of detail that was there right like if Stephen King was telling the story I'd be like well you could be fabricating this because you come up with so many fantastic stories constantly right and make these amazing novels and make all these money on these novels but this is Stephen King level but it's coming from somebody who's never told a story like that the day in their life let's just say that they don't care about fame or fortune they worked three jobs their whole life they're one of those types so they're not looking to get anything out of this honestly this should be in a national treasure movie with how detailed this is and when you ask people when you have high reasonability that they're telling the truth when you ask them and approach them about it there's a hesitation there in their in their body language there's a hesitation and it's almost like it's like they almost don't want to tell it because they're like well i don't know you know i don't i don't know if you're gonna disbelieve it or if you're gonna go spread it around right and that's not our intention we're not trying to spread it around to get this person in trouble that's why we're keeping their identity you know anonymous with g but this story is pretty crazy so they were granted access it was a small group of people that were familial so they were in a family group and they were able to go into the granite vaults and this was back in like the 70s probably maybe the 60s yeah so basically when they get in there you know it's pretty usual they're walking through it's what you would imagine for a granite vault where you're walking through and it's kind of like a tunnel and you can see all the rock walls going on and it's getting darker and deeper and kind of more cave-like but they do have a lot of support in there the way that was told there's you know metal supports and things that kind of make it so it doesn't cave in right because an earthquake could totally cave something like that in they're walking through and they're basically being shown what's in there they go through some records for a little while because i do believe there are records there but what they were shown after the records was the creepiest part yeah you know what's crazy about this is that what they saw is a a glass room if you will with treasures or they perceive treasures that they don't want to get out to the public and that's what this is and, and roman can keep going further with it right so g told of seeing a what they said was a spacecraft that crashed that basically was like a ufo a flying saucer of some sort and the description was that it was a metal disc with no doors no windows no seam lines you could see the physical crash marks on it from where it hit the ground and they called it the nautilus ship that was one of the things that g was able to observe crazy enough think about that that they may have some kind of crashed spaceship ufo within those vaults and why would they have that anyway yeah what what's the purpose for them to have a ufo in their possession i've never heard of this thing and they're allowing these people to see this right now with full confidence that they won't say anything and i will say that we don't have the information as far as as why they were able to go in there that's still kind of a mystery but i do believe that the story is legit that it has some legit information in it and i don't believe that it's a lie at all sean what are your thoughts yeah i just wanted to throw in there you know for those that are listening that might be mormon or part of the church you know you might be thinking oh these guys are just you know they're trying to do what they can to discredit us and thwart us and all that kind of stuff please keep in mind we're not doing that but i do want to ask you those listeners that happen to be listening have you been in the granite vault 
all to yourself? Have you asked? Have you went to your superiors within the hierarchy and sought after what could be in there? And if you do, what did you experience if you have? And I seriously doubt that they're going to let anybody in. So that is a good point. I don't know why. Yeah. We, we don't know why, but what we do know is the account that was given to us was nothing but legit. I mean, if you ask a superior, say they're putting it down, if they're acting like it's not legit, notate that, send it to us if you desire. But keep in mind as you do ask, the there are military grade armed guards with weapons and they probably have a lot more weapons than you realize from the outside. So again, I have to ask why. What are you protecting? What's in there that you don't want the public to see? What else was in there, Roman? So this is where it gets really crazy. I think they turned a corner. They had these little separate rooms where the granite vault rooms where they had different artifacts. And this one that they went into, there was these two large, about 10 foot long glass coffins that were sitting in the middle of the floor. As they approached, they were told that these things were ancient beings. G talked about this in the description that G gave us is that these were large, almost 10 foot tall figures that were mummified in these coffins that were humanoid. But the way that G talked about it is that they had, if you think of someone like, I always picture Liam Neeson, the way his nose is, how it kind of just drops straight down. There's, there's no, no real, bridge. There's no bridge. There's no curvature where his eyebrow and his nose starts. That's kind of what this was described as where like the eyes are more sunken in and then it's just kind of like a straight down nose, like forehead straight down to the bottom of the nose. That's the only thing that made him look non-human. They were mummified to a point where they looked like they had just passed away. Yeah, so well preserved. Right. Tan skin, oily, almost like a bodybuilder when they go on stage there and they're all oiled up and they have that tan skin. And they had crowns and it was a male and a female. G presumed that this was some kind of king or queen or prince and princess that was an ancient race, possibly. G didn't get a lot of information as far as where they came from, but they were about 9, 10 feet tall. So think about that. Yeah, from what I recall, G said they just were able to marvel at them. They didn't ask questions. They weren't able to really ask questions. They didn't get a lot of information as to what they were, who they were. Definitely they weren't just costumes placed in a specific way or anything, you know, fiction-based. If they were, this was like the 60s we're talking about. So if they were, you got to think about this. That's got to be the top-level prop you can imagine for those films back in those days, right? If it's a film prop, let's just say. So why in the world would a high-level film prop be in a vault to trick people? And that could be the case. I will say that there are government entities and things that will try to show you something to kind of sway your mind in a different way. But the way that it was described by G, these were actual mummified figures that had walked at some point. With hair intact, isn't that crazy? So whatever they have uh, as far as mummification process, they have better than almost the Egyptians do. Pretty crazy. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. I'm thinking Lost Tribe. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that these probably are one of the last remnants of some of the Lost Tribes of the Earth. Oh yeah, there's the Nephilim, there's the, in the Bible, the giants of old. This maybe is something from that era that went underground and hiding. I mean, we're here way before us. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it it actually brings me to a book, which I suggest you go out and read. It's a super short book. It's only like maybe 75, 80 something pages. So it's not long at all by any means. It's a book called The Smoky God. And The Smoky is spelled S-M-O-K-Y. It was written by, I think, George Emerson or something like that. Basically, it was supposedly a journal that was published. It was a real account by somebody who had just passed away. The guy that passed away was the son of a successful British fisherman, he told his account of what they experienced, I guess. So what happened was they went out on the ocean um, looking for fish, doing their thing, and they went up pretty far north in the ocean. So they were going up, you know, where it's getting cold and everything, and they ended up hitting some pretty nasty weather in their tiny boat, which sucked them into a whirlpool. And the whirlpool sucked them down into an air tunnel in the ocean, and so they were getting sucked down in the water, but they were in this air tunnel, so they were able to breathe. You know, when you think of a spiraling kind of whirlpool, that's what happens is there's like a little tunnel right 
right in the center that's air. They were getting sucked all the way down there and they went down until they basically blacked out when they woke up. They were on a beach, nice sunny, like almost Hawaii style beach, you know, and how could you land in a place like that if you're way up north? But they landed, they waited for a little while trying to get their bearings in the story. And what happens is they get approached by these 10 foot beings that show up and start walking towards them, offering them these giant fruits, you know, watermelons that are two or three times the size of the watermelons we have here and things like that. And the way that these beings are described is that they have the same look where they have the no bridge on the nose, they're tan skinned, they're 10 feet tall. So it makes me wonder if these are the beings from the Smoky God book that's being described. Sounds like it to me. And honestly, if you think about it, if they went down into a spiral until the middle of the earth, then that makes sense. They're closer to the heat, closer to the core of heat. So there's going to be a beach down there, even if they're up on the north side. Right. Well, and the way that it was described is that when they started talking to these beings, these beings spoke English and they told them that they were part of the lost tribes or one of the tribes. They were the protectors of the little people on the surface of the earth. I assume that we're the little people. You guys call me little? Guys, let me just get this straight. We're talking about Utah, right? Half the states haven't even heard of us until the last five years. Yeah. And if they did, they said we had horns and we were crazy. We we're different than the rest of the world. We were... Yeah. But where they heard about us was Skinwalker Ranch. That's what put us on the map, you know? And so now we're the mysterious place of the universe. You yeah, know what I mean? We also have that monolith that showed up too yeah. recently. And people don't realize like we're way more than meets the eye. I mean, we got Bigfoot sightings up the yin yang too. So we That's have true. a ton of UFO sightings here, which, and uh, some other anomalies. So Utah is becoming a hotspot for paranormal. It's the Rocky Mountains, yo. I mean, Wasatch vibes. I love this place. I'm glad you brought up the mountains because I feel like as I'm starting to do this research and as time goes on, they always say limestone and they say quartz or they say other minerals, you know, and that there's some kind of conductor for paranormal act activity. Maybe that's why. Maybe because we have such so a much granite condensation of granite and limestone. other like quartz and other things like that. Maybe this is why it's like, hey, that we have energy here. Maybe they get energy from that stuff and they pull it. Yeah. And guys, go back and uh, listen to a couple of episodes where we talk about one of the most infamous mine disasters here, right here in Utah. Yeah. Schofield and the Winter Quarters Mine Disaster. So all that, I believe, plays a huge role in some supernatural activity in Utah. I mean, it's there's the old, the, one of the oldest buildings that was ever built here was the Walker Center, like we were talking about before. Right, that I got to work at, which was amazing. That was the oldest building in the Midwest back in the day. Yeah, and haunted. I mean, we did some ghost hunting there, and it definitely had some amazing evidence that popped up, like EVP evidence and things like that that we have there, which if you're interested in, I can definitely post. We're going to have a website fairly soon, and so I'm going to post all that kind of stuff once we get the website up, and I will definitely give you guys the website information once it's up. So really, that's about it that we got from G as far as the granite vaults go and everything. We don't really know how that story necessarily ended as far as details and things, but it's very interesting to ponder. G is a person that we've physically talked to, and so they exist today, so we know that they got out of there alive and stuff, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's something that piqued my brain, and I definitely wanted to share it with you guys. So what else do we have on the horizon for tonight with Utah, guys? Oh yeah, Utah's a bag of tricks, yo. The next one is crazy. This was for something from another person that I'm going to leave anonymous. Probably in the late 70s is when this occurred here in Salt Lake City. It was basically a story regarding some creatures that nobody knows what in the world these are. It's kind of like a combination of two different creatures. So what happened is this person, um, let's just say M, so keep in mind, they were heading to the capital. They had a big dog at the time. It was probably over 100 pounds. It was basically a German Shepherd, St. Bernard mix. As they were taking the dog for a walk like they normally do, they lived pretty close to downtown, so they were heading up to the capital. There's a lot of grassy areas up there. Keep in mind, this was late 70s. It was before all the hustle and bustle and the growth, so there was a lot more grassy areas, a lot more places where you could kind of just view the whole downtown, the mountainsides, all that kind of stuff. So they were throwing a tennis ball with a big dog and hanging out out there. They parked our 
already right by the Capitol and there started a loud bang. It was basically a super loud thunderous bang that kept happening over and over, probably intermittents of maybe 20 seconds at a time. And then there was like a bird screeching sound that was happening as well. They couldn't tell exactly where it was coming from. They did look around and the one thing that they really noticed when that stuff was going down is their big burly massive dog that wasn't scared of anything. I mean this dog is known to ward off. There was a situation that happened years before this with this dog that a burglar jumped over the fence and when the burglar jumped over the fence saw this dog the dog charged this person and the person basically wetted themselves and got caught right after that. So this dog is definitely a legend and it wasn't scared of a lot of things but this definitely scared the bejeebers out of it. It hid under their truck, whatever was going on with the sound. When they looked at this dog, usually the dog loved playing. So the dog was hiding under the truck, or as perceived here in the story. They were just so confused as to why this dog was hiding under the truck. So Em and the parent kept looking at the dog, and the dog was just looking straight up at a direction. Knowing this dog, again, not scared of almost anything, they were so confused. So both Em and the parent looked over towards that direction where this dog was looking. When they looked in that direction, they saw dust, a big dust cloud on the side of the mountain there. When that dust cloud hit, it was a loud bang at the same time. And this bang was so loud, it basically reverberated from where they were at and further and beyond. I mean, it was so loud, it was kind of messing with their eardrums. When they looked up that direction, again, dust cloud, that's all they could see. Right at that moment, M screamed to the parent. The parent reached into the glove box of the truck. When they reached in the glove box of the truck, there was a binocular there. They started looking at the side of the mountain where the dust cloud was. What they saw was completely and utterly out of a storybook. Yeah. What they saw, so the way they described it is basically a lion. So imagine an African lion. So the way it was told to us, it looked like an African lion out there, right? A lioness, so a female lion, no mane, with a directly next to it, a cub version of the same creature. The weird part about it was they looked down at that where that noise was coming from, and all of a sudden they hear it again. Boom! A big slap, boom sound. They notice it's coming from the tail, and the tail is slapping on the ground, and the tail looks like a giant beaver tail. So the weirdest creature you can ever imagine, right? And the cub looks the same way. Has the same kind of tail and everything. And of course we have cougars here in Utah, but cougars have a small face with dark eyes. Lionesses have light eyes, big snout, different face. So this was, and it's a bigger creature too. I mean, you can tell right away, especially with binoculars. They weren't too far from the side of the mountainside right by the capital there. Right, they would have estimated this creature to be more like an elephant size, like pretty big, you know? And the, the screeching sound, the kind of bird screeching sound kept happening and they realized that was coming from the vocal cords of the mom. What they anticipated was the mama, uh, which was screeching. And then out of nowhere, they heard another screeching sound and they were trying to figure out where that was coming from. And they panned over to the right and not very far from the mom and the cub, there was a male lion, mane, everything else, but it also had the beaver's tail, and it was screeching as well. as almost as if it was trying to come closer to the mom and the cub or something. We don't know what was going on there. And of course, the dog's still hiding under the truck, still super scared, won't keep its eyes off of what they're looking at here. And so very, very scary moment don't even know how to describe what they're seeing. They, of course, get in their car as quick as they can. Well, they're kind of watching it to see exactly what it is, blown away by what they're looking at. Right, and where they're at is just a mountainside. There's nothing there. There's no facilities, no homes, nothing like that at this point. And so they just pack up. They want to make sure the dog's okay because the dog is terrified. So let's go get the dog home. Let's try to get it recuperated, get it some food, some water, whatever else. So they leave, and that's pretty much the end of that encounter. But what comes later is the parent of the whole situation here, of M, ends up getting a call about a day later. The call is a mysterious caller, so number can't be traced, and the caller says, hey, I know what you saw. Don't talk about it. Don't tell any of your family, friends, nothing. Just this ends here. Don't talk about it. 
And if you do, family's going to be in trouble. They basically said, we'll destroy you financially. It was a threat. That was a scary yeah. situation for this person because financially they were pretty strapped already. And so it was just one of those moments where it's like, okay, we're not going to say anything. This was so fantastic. We want to say something. Again, it was the 70s. I wish we had the technology we have now where we could just take a video of this thing. Just get it out of the way. Done. Still, people won't believe it. But Right, but that was the end of it. And that's pretty much exactly where it ended. The only way we know about this story is that there's a mutual person that we've talked to that's told us this story that we're familiar with. Um, and so we believe it because this person's trusted. But it's interesting. It makes you wonder, what is the government, especially the U.S. Utah government here in Salt Lake City, what are they doing? Are they creating some kind of hybrid creatures? And what's the what's the purpose yet again, right? Yeah, and tie this into just everything we've talked about thus far about Utah right around, again, this of course is right around the downtown area. What's the connection between Crossroads and Crossworld Story, the reptilian encounter, the hiding in the granite vaults to now are we crossbreeding animals what what's the scientific relevance explanation here. and relevance to right. what, what are they trying to accomplish here you know are they trying to create a new kind of race are they did they have they found something they're trying to i mean what what's the purpose in crossbreeding and if you're gonna crossbreed a lion ultimate power kingship of the african environment then you crossbreed it with a beaver which is can handle this weather that we have here in utah in the winter time right thick skin man um, that's yeah. a perfect breed can now that i think too. about it, it can swim it can swim it can yeah. hang out in the winter it can be a safari lion it could rule the pack and it could just survive here like no problem whatsoever so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring something up that's kind of kind of freaked me out since i was a little kid and um i've never forgot this video that i've i've found on the internet and this was back when peer-to-peer sharing was kind of a big thing really way before the internet was monitored and censored and things like that this was like kind of the, the golden era of the internet if you will right where there was the free exchange of information unlike today but i remember this video about crossbreeding and hearing this story really brings back this video that I saw and I doubt anyone if you if you find this please like let me know oh yeah, no sure. was because, it the one, was yeah, it the one with it, the long haired fa- human some, face with yeah, the bird body and it was stuck in a jail yeah and it was ugh. yeah it messed me up so bad you guys and it, was, was it, it was it that. was it fake it could have been I mean I, I was just a teen at that at the moment but it was filmed in a totally different country i know that it had to have been another country yeah, like where or something there was a crossbreeding incident of trying to crossbreed some it definitely had a humanoid face it had the body of a lion and it sounds very similar to and it had some kind of funky like weird tail kind of thing like almost a snake tail yeah it was like a snake tail or something but it was almost like somebody whipped out a handy cam filmed it really quick for documentation purposes, but it it was really, uh, I don't know even know how to describe it. I was so scared when I watched this video, it freaked me out, but it looked at the camera and like opened its mouth and tilted its head and it was like struggling to survive. Yeah. It was like on this last leg, like I they had that. created something that was dying and it was like, ple- it gave it the camera the look like, please kill me. It's so you unnatural. Know? I'm gonna say the word realm again, abomination. Ew, you said it before me. It is, it's an abomination. <laughs> Think of Mary Shelley's creation, you know, the Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monsters. It's like a creation a hybrid of all these different pieces and what he said is disgusting how it's like struggling to survive because it's like a mixture of all these animals that's not supposed to coexist you know i do remember that video and that was pretty traumatizing you know what it's time for it's time to bring it home bring it home bring it home we're going to talk about some true stories that we have ourselves have dealt with similar to the one i tried to tell you guys about with the bigfoot scenario i ran into this is another type of creature that my brother here saw more or less we all kind of saw it together sean myself my brother here roman but roman kind I got the best glimpse of it while we were doing what we were doing here. Yeah, and I, I saw it twice too. So this thing, and I'm sure other people in the world have seen this thing. I've heard it described as what they call an ahul. If you look up ahul, it's A-H-O-O-L with a cryptid search. You should be able to pull it 
up, but that's what I think it probably was or something like it. But basically we're out there, we're doing, we do films, um, independent films and stuff like that. So we're doing a movie. What was this, 2007, 2008? Probably, yeah, probably about there. Um, 2007 maybe it was earlier. Or, it was earlier than that because like, 2006. was 2008. And so it was 2007. Yeah, maybe yeah, you're right. 2007. Yeah. And so we're in between this, there's an alleyway in Salt Lake City. It's like a courtroom building and then some other building. We're kind of in this alleyway and we're filming this little scene. All of a sudden we kind of hear a whoosh sound and we're like, what the heck was that? So we all stopped filming and stopped acting for a minute and I turn the camera up towards where the sound came from and I'm looking up on top of the building and there's this movement, this black uh, movement happening and as I'm trying to focus with the camera, I'm seeing it with my eyes as well. I realize it's like a giant bat type creature. Like this thing would have been, if I was to estimate, maybe four feet tall if it was standing up and the wingspan was like 10, 12 feet long. Like yeah, this thing like was huge. Bat, like bat wings um, like kind of wings right yeah it, very but bat it, wings but it, it had like um if i because i was there and I, I remember looking at the body because the camera didn't do it justification no. because camera you guys handy cams low back quality. then were not like your iphones today that's just the way the tech was so your eyes could see it much better yeah this thing was crazy and it wasn't the first time i saw it so i'm sitting there watching it and it's what it was what it looked like it was doing was hugging the the side of the building with its wings kind of strewn out and it was kind of just clawed hugging onto the wall and i'm like what in the world is that thing but it was so big and i could see it kind of moving a little bit like a bat would do on the side of a wall. Another time that we had seen it and we just sat and watched it, kind of sat there like it knew it was being watched and so it didn't do anything after that. Almost as if like, hey, as soon as these guys stop watching me, I'm going to fly away. Yeah, I, I real quick, I remember when we were filming that because I was mostly the cameraman at this time. I wasn't playing a specific character or anything in our film. I remember everybody's like, what in the world is that? What is that? We all look up and as we look up, we see this. It's weird because it's blacker than black outside, but this thing's blacker than the black that's outside. So you yeah. can still see it mm -hmm. it was this weird profile and it was just sitting there i feel like it was looking right down at us just like once they leave i'm going to try to fly away well, or like, like roman said though like it knew when it was saw it, or when yeah. it was seen sorry when it was seen it was stopped you know and it was like oh crap you know i'm, I'm identified so it almost knew to just stop doing whatever it was doing you and know, usually you know what's creepy about that is like think about gargoyles if there are real gar gargoyles which people say they've seen creatures like that what if that's like what they do it's like oh i just sit still as soon as someone sees me i just sit still and i look like a gargoyle they you sat know? so still and the thing is yeah. this thing i mean sat so still the thing is is when we were filming our films downtown a lot of the time it was downtown because we had access to a building where we could get in film different scene different scenes do some outside stuff but the thing is is we were always out so late the yeah, only people that like were midnight. out there were maybe some homeless people some random people trying to get somewhere and us so it wasn't like a party it wasn't like time to party it was 12 30 1 o'clock on a weekday the streets are pretty empty and that wasn't the first time i saw it i saw it another time i was actually driving home from work so i worked downtown I was working at the Walker Center, which we brought up before, and I was driving home on the freeway, I-15. I'm just driving down, and this is, bear in mind, this is during rush hour, so there's a lot of cars, and I don't know if anybody else saw it. I've never heard anybody else talk about it, but basically I'm driving down, I'm trying to get home, and it's kind of traffic-y, and all of a sudden, from left to right, above the freeway, flies a giant bat-like creature just flying across above me and I see it go from left to right and disappear. I'm like, where the heck did that thing go? But I knew it was the same type of creature. I don't know if it was the same being, but definitely the same type of creature. So it made me wonder and I started doing research like, are there giant bats in Utah, you know? And about the largest one we get is pretty small. It's like the size of, I don't know, maybe a small bird or something, you know? So that was pretty interesting, but I know it was it had the bat-like wings with the skin and everything like that, all black. I mean, we've seen bats. We were in Schofield, Utah. It's an old mining town. We've talked about it a couple times here, I think on the 
last episode a little bit. There was bats out there and they would fly around you, but they were very, very small. They were like hand size, if that. And this thing was definitely a lot bigger than that. It was like half the size of a human or bigger. Yeah, well, like I said, almost four feet tall, like with its body and then about like a 10 foot wingspan, like, you know, five feet on each side type of thing, which is huge. Sorry, all I'm going to say, guys, inter- interdimensional. That's all I have to say. No, I think you might be right. It's interdimensional because like in, in my question, the first question I thought, and this is the first time I've heard of Roman's free uh, freeway story. Um, I haven't heard this. So, but my first reaction right here is how is the possibility that you really are the only one that's seen this and why? You know, it was weird because the first thought I had when I did see it was, is this some kind of an omen to see it again? You know what I mean? Like I was thinking omen right away. Like, what does this mean? Like, is it some kind of like, I actually kind of got scared. Like maybe something bad's going to happen, like a bad omen, you know? Luckily nothing bad happened. I just, I, I don't know what to make of it, but I agree with Sean that I think this thing could have been like some interdimensional creature that never showed up again. Cause no one talks about it here in Utah. I've, I've done searches. I've Google searched, I've Facebook post. I've done everything to try to see if other people have seen this thing and they haven't. So and it's I've seen, I know. I've seen something that's strange as well. We'll get into it in another story. I've seen it twice and not a lot of people have seen it. It was in a place where there was hustle and bustle. It was kind of a busy place and I still saw something that I cannot explain. So I think he saw a fairy creature or a fae, but we'll get into that on a whole fairy episode because I think we got to do a whole episode on fairies. You know what I'm going to throw in there, guys? Just while we're on the topic of cryptids and it doesn't have to be this episode, dog man. And I don't mean man dog. I don't mean man dog. I mean... Like the long-necked, dark creature that was outside when we were doing the getting ready to film. Or maybe we had just gotten back from filming. It was like a full-on spiritual... It was the weird... It was... It, was, it freaked Dog-like me out. It shadow. Was a, it looked kind of like a llama, sheep, dog, but it had a super long neck and a humanoid face. Humanoid face. It. I remember that so well. you remember well. this? Yes. And it was, it was right across from my house. parents' house, yeah. And we were outside. I don't know what we were doing. Did we get back? It was one of those super late nights. That's all I know. I, I don't like remembering this one because it's such a creepy one. You know what I mean? Like the, well, let's the bad talk thing about was, it while we brought it up. Let's yeah. just talk about it real quick. Before right. we talk about it... I was on simulation mode because I was not there again. So I was probably just paused. Out with Matt. Somebody paused me. It was a video game. Yeah. They paused me. They went to get some grilled cheese and some tomato, yeah, probably, tomato probably soup. Made a McDonald's run. Oh, yeah. It was a McDonald's run. It was a McRun. It was a McRun. Yeah. Sean, like, let's get into this. Tell us what you remember. All right, but I warn you, disclaimer, guys, this this is kind of freaky. Um, and it, well, maybe not for you guys because you're on the other end of the microphone here, but for me, I'll never forget this. And it was. Uh, Neither will I. Yeah, and so here's the deal, guys. Is uh, when we were growing up, we did a lot of filming, as we've mentioned before, and these filming sessions went a, a long time, right? Like, it, we're not just partying up teenagers. We were practical. We were creative. We wanted to get our ideas out on film, and sometimes, you know, we sacrificed a lot of our own personal time and got back at like two in the morning sometimes oh, yeah. and we were just still in like high school barely graduating that was weekdays too yeah so like and we were really passionate about creativity and we loved filming we loved all that so long story short let's fast forward so we i believe that it was the time it was late it was easily past one o'clock in the morning we get back where we uh I mean, it could have been a ghost hunting session to be honest with you what guys. season was it do you remember it had to have been before it i like, it was fall it was like late fall, fall, late fall. Winter. it was before i don't was finished that's all that's as much as i can so it's the witching season. i think it's late fall anyway like yeah about this time yeah it was about this it might time, have been actually. almost halloween yeah, yeah it actually scary. yeah you're right and it is 
kind of like that outside yeah. right now. What yeah. time is it right now? Almost twelve. Oh yeah, but I, I think that I think Sean's right. I think that it was it might have been a ghost hunting session. Like we just got back from because we were so into doing that. Like, look, I'm still doing we're still doing a podcast on supernatural stuff because it's a passion. We're trying to figure out what's going on in this weird world that we have. We were trying to do that then too because we had questions, but we came back from some. Uh, session maybe you know doing a ghost hunting type investigation and we're driving my old car and we get out and we're unpacking and everything and I remember seeing something yeah we started going right. through the so when we unpacked the car and I actually now that it's coming back to me I think it was uh we it was one of the nights we came back from the old primary children's hospital which by the way we will talk about in a future episode when we talk more about supernatural entities and things because that needs to be addressed it has to be documented oh yes we have some cool EVPs from the primary children's hospital that we definitely want to share on here yeah, if we, we can, can find, find them. them. I think I we think can dig them up. But. By the way, can you imagine living in a place that's the shell of an old primary children's hospital that's now million-dollar condos, and no one tells you anything about the fact that it used to be a hospital? Maybe they do. We'll get into that, guys. But here's the story. So we get back. As Roman said, we're unpacking. We are um, trying to wind down, get our pajamas on, start going through some of the evidence. Now that I remember, I believe it was a ghost hunting. We go back outside to grab something from the car, and um, down the street, there was one street light just down the, down the road. Roman parked out on the side of the road and I remember that we walked out and we turned to our left and out of the corner of my eye I saw this creature and it was like a very think of like a greyhound dog the, the height of a greyhound dog they're pretty tall but now imagine a two or three foot neck on top of this thing okay so the that's neck disgusting. was the neck was and it was all black too that's another thing it was blacker than black it absorbed all the light of by the street light and it had a tall black neck and it had a human face it literally was a human yes. face a very flat human-like face and like he's saying it's totally true this thing caught our attention in our peripheral vision because you're seeing some movement especially this late at night you're seeing movement and there's a street light illuminating which is like the amber orange colored street light and all of a sudden you're seeing some kind of like you think it's a dog at first for a second like what's coming at me because it sounded like a dog too I feel it like looked we heard some yeah, sounds like, you're right. it looked like a dog <laughs> so it made noise to you yeah, guys but did. not too much though the, it wasn't until the moment that we both stopped and we stared at it it stopped it Ew, was silent and it, all it did no it didn't even hide it just sat there and stared Yep. It was a menacingly stare, and it didn't. It stood its ground. But it was dog. We tried to scare it. it. Had straight up ears like a dog, you know. But it had like the Doberman face, ears. But the human flat, like think yeah, of our it, flat faces. It had a human like head that. on it. So it had like Doberman German Shepherd yeah, ears, like tall ears. And if yeah, you guys, if you listeners know of anything, please email in. If you know, if you've had a similar experience, if you know what this cryptoid might be called or demonic entity, we would like to know. We've been looking for something, an answer like this for a long time, and it would be nice to know if we, if somebody out there, some corroboration from somebody out there that's seen the same thing because this thing was this thing was just weird just and, weird. and when you looked at this thing it uh, that's why i say it was demonic because when we looked at this thing it not only did it stand its ground it we tried to scare it off like it, if it was a dog you could try to run at it it would kind of glitch it would try to make a movement no Nothing. if you clapped if you made a noise if you stood your it ground stayed it stayed absolutely yeah. dead still and you got this bad feeling over yourself like your soul was like, being sucked, sucked away well it was point. it was like it was challenging us like kind of a warning like the way i felt was that there was a warning happening there like i don't know what the warning means but we're getting a warning and i don't remember how this thing ended i don't remember like if we it, went we ran back and we ran that's what it, it was, was. yeah you know what i think that's so crazy about this whole stuff that we're talking about here people that are close to us family members relatives that kind of thing they don't know about all this stuff so i think it's kind of cool to hear no we've gone through some stuff that nobody knows and well, i love that we're getting it, it out here the three of us are a trifecta of this type of activity and i think that's why doing this podcast with the three of these guys two of these guys i should say because i'm the third but doing this with these guys it's like almost this energy 
triangle happens and stuff happens and i don't want that to happen here or with you guys but what i'm saying is it's just crazy it's just crazy yeah i mean we're all part hopi indian native american and so us three are the closest relatives out of our whole family we have uh, my cousin here sean he's related to us on both sides of our family which is kind of it's going to be way too hard to explain right here but he's basically like a brother to us so there's three of us hopi indian you know native american culture then we got the interest in the ghost hunting and the paranormal it's like there's so many connections to the supernatural in different ways that i feel like this is like a big panorama right of and all of these something. all of the experiences except for a sub few or a select few come or with these guys or with one of them at least you know what I mean we also are open-minded enough to say we have no idea the vast amount of the plane of existence in which we live you right. know and that's we're not here to throw anything out we we didn't create the universe we didn't we don't know what's out there all we can do is piece together what our experiences are it when we like I think it was mentioned in another episode when the three of us get together weird stuff tends to happen yeah, and we're we're all something. closer to the veil in some way, and it's we didn't ask for it, but it just was always there, you know. And it's crazy because we know that there are other people that are listening to this that are just like us that are going through the same thing, and that's you know that's part of the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is so it's like hey you're not alone you know what i mean and it's not scary necessarily as long as you know that you're more powerful and that you have you can get rid of these things if you need to but it's just you know this is a place where we can discuss and that's what's cool about having a podcast like this is this is where you can hear other people's experiences and also share your own and we want to hear your experiences so please you know email you probably heard on other episodes but you can email me at romanishere at gmail.com. That's the one I check the most. Um, I'd love to hear your experiences, and we'll definitely get in touch with you and even share them on the show. Also, let's just recap really quick. We had Granite Vault situation. We had the creatures on the Capitol side that were Lion Beaver mix. Uh, we had the different creature that we saw online that was a head, uh, a human head, humanoid head with a lion body and a, a snake tail. This is the thing. We are benefit of the doubt, and we want to hear what you have to say, and we will believe you. I mean, if you feel it, we, we want to trust you. We we probably have, we could probably keep the show going for many years to come, and even still, you know, with everything that we go through, but, um, so yeah, I just, I had to get that out there about some cryptoid creature that was definitely from another universe or some something else man it was definitely supernatural yeah it reminds me of a hellhound that's what i thought of as soon as i saw it you know we do appreciate you guys being here i know this has been a little bit of a longer show for us we hope that you stuck it out and that you enjoyed what we covered definitely please share the word share share our show with people if you like it you know the only way we're going to get better as far as quality and producing more shows is with listenership so we want to get some more listenership so share it around if you like it but yeah definitely thanks for being with us and and listening to our our interesting stories that we've had to share you bought a ticket do you know what that ticket's for part three the supernatural station i'm hearing a part three guys i'm hearing a part, I have I'm hearing to. A part sorry three there's too. three of us there's three claws we've talked about the threes in the first episode we're doing part three do it stick around
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.